Welcome to the Soul Unleashed podcast, where self-discovery and coloring outside of the lines is encouraged. If you have started your own inward journey, my friend, I'm excited to help you unleash your soul. And now, the man who shatters paradigms, the host of the Soul Unleashed podcast, Mike Nicholas. Hi there, this is Mike Nicholas, and welcome to the first episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast. You know, I have to start out by saying never in a million years that I ever think that I'd be doing something like podcasting. In fact, I had no clue what it was, honestly, until, until recently. But here we are. And I want to start out by asking you the same kind of question that first got me started on this journey. And that is, why are we here? Why are you here? What's the purpose of your, your soul, the purpose of your journey? Do you think about those kind of things? And I'm bringing that up because I did not used to think about those kind of things. Anything larger than my life as it was organized and as it was going on was, was not really too, too concerning to me. I, life just sort of happened. And things just sort of went along according to plan. And so that changed dramatically for me in 2020. It had nothing to do with the pandemic, although the pandemic was related to it. But we basically, we lost our son, uh, our child, Matt, in March of 2020. And that experience, well, first of all, it was crushing in terms of being devastating to my wife and me. But that experience and what happened after that kind of woke me up and woke my soul up and led me to a period of reflection and study and realization that has caused me to get have this feeling of my soul basically being unleashed and able to consider other things in life and other things before that I would have thought were were complete kookiness. And I'll explain that to you here in just a minute. But just to give you some background about who I am and where I'm coming from, I am a, I was a left brain thinker, very structured in, in life. I, I grew up as the oldest of seven children, and it was a wonderful childhood. I'm from South Jersey, Ocean City to be specific, and I grew up on the beach there, and it was a wonderful childhood. My father was a plumber, which meant that he was not a union plumber, so it meant that he was always working, he was always gone. Uh, he was doing what he had to do to support our family. And what I did was I wound up being kind of the built-in babysitter and accepting responsibility at a pretty young age. Those of you who are the oldest can certainly relate to that. That's just the way it was, right? And then at age 10, I was working in Ocean City. Basically at 10, I was cutting lawns and painting fences. And that's just the way it was. And, and during the wintertime, my brother and I had a paper route about 120 papers. It was a crazy large route for two little kids. But Bill and I handled all that in the wintertime. And in the summertime, I started working on the boardwalk in Ocean City. And I worked all through high school. And it was an awesome job, an awesome place to work. Uh, there were no child labor laws back then. But I'll tell you, it was, it, was, it was a cool thing to do. And through all that experience, though, I was always kind of the one in charge. I gravitated towards being the leader. I was a leader in my Boy Scout uh, pack and my Boy Scout troop growing up, and that continued in high school. And then I got to do some really cool things. I went to something called Boy State, American Legion Boy State. So for those of you that don't know what that is, that's a, a leadership program when you're a junior in high school. 
<clears throat> you interview for that and you get to go to a week. I went to lovely scenic Trenton, New Jersey. And it's all about learning stuff and becoming uh, a leader in state government and then federal government. And it was a wonderful experience. And I came back from that and began my application process to West Point, which I thought was complete pie in the sky. But I, I was accepted with the class of 1977. I went in in 73 and uh, graduated from West Point and, and went through to the Army. And I was a military officer and I uh, went to Airborne and Ranger and a lot of cool things that I got to do. But all of those, and the reason I'm telling you this, is all of those is were experiences that shaped me to be very fact-based and very uh, objectively oriented. And after that period, after I got out of the military, I was in reserves for a long time, and then I worked at the Pentagon for 15 years. I was there on 9-11. And, you know, every time I gave a briefing when I was in the, a military officer or when I was at the Pentagon, whenever I did the briefing part, I never started my briefing with, you know, I feel this, uh, or this kind of appeals to me or whatever. No, nobody cares about or cared about what I felt. It was all, all about being objective and about presenting information and presenting courses of action and then eventually a, a, a decision that somebody had to make. So that, that's what I did and there was very little subjective analysis involved. So for those of you that are out there that are similar type thinkers and, and grew up kind of with that kind of background, I can, I can definitely relate to that. And the things that I'm about to talk to you about in my podcast are definitely weird things. I would have thought I was a nut job. I also was an altar boy growing up. I, I grew up Catholic, so I went to Catholic grade school and Catholic high school, and and again, all that just fit right into what, what my view of life was and how, how things were supposed to be. I got a slight glimpse of how things might be outside of that paradigm I had built. Uh, in 2000, I became a Freemason. Now, for those of you that don't know anything about Freemasonry. It's it's a it's not a religion, but it's a way of looking at life and studying life, and being taught about to look at things outside of maybe the the, the paradigm that you're, you you come into it with. However, you don't have to do that. You can just get involved in the leadership side, and you can guess which which path I took. So I I went on the leadership side of things, and. The, the basic organization of Freemasonry is called a lodge. So a lodge is kind of like a group of, you know, 100 to 300 men or so that form this group, and they have, you know, a president or a leader of that lodge, and he's called a master. And then there's there's other officers, right? And I was I was the lodge secretary after a few years, again focused on business, focused on making sure the meetings ran well, that I knew what was going on. Uh, communication with other lodges and we followed the, the the code which told us how to do stuff and then I worked my way up to become the the president or the leader of that uh, lodge I, I was master of the lodge for a couple of years and that was a great experience again completely focused on on objective leadership kind of things lodge programs and what our membership was like and and taking care of people and, and those kind of things. I went from that to the next level up. After I was master of my lodge, I went up to the Grand Lodge level. The Grand Lodge is kind of like the overseeing 
corporation, if you will, that manages the 47 or so lodges that exist in Washington, D.C. That's a long journey to work your way up in leadership positions within the Grand Lodge. Uh, I did that over a period of about 10 years, maybe, and was eventually elected to serve as Grand Master of Masons of Washington, D.C. And that basically, you know, is the CEO for for all of the Masons of, you know, 3,500, 4,000 men who, who formed masonry in Washington, D.C. cool thing about that is I got to do a lot of neat things, but again, I was focused solely on leadership, our lodge programs, what our lodges were doing, helping train other men who wanted to serve in leadership positions. All the while, there were plenty of men that were involved in the spiritual and subjective side of Freemasonry and studying cool things like the Kabbalah and, and soul journeys and, and chakras and all that stuff that I thought was, was nutsville. And I just kind of smiled benignly at them and said, hey, you know, cool, do your thing. And that's not for me. Well, when Matt passed away and my wife and I were crushed, basically, that those of you who have lost a loved one, particularly a child, can understand what that means. And what it meant for us was we'd wake up almost every morning and we'd hug each other and cry as we realized again what, what had happened, that it wasn't, it wasn't a nightmare, it wasn't a dream. About two or three months after Matt passed away, I had a particularly bad day, and something happened, which I'll talk about in later podcasts, but something happened which I considered to be of a spiritual or uh, paranormal, if you will, type activity. And I was still functioning in engineer mode, right? So I started checking it out and trying to verify it and experimenting, and <laughs> I went on with that for months and eventually became more than convinced that this was Matt reaching out to us and it has completely changed my changed my life. So, you know, the the final thing maybe for this particular podcast is so what do you, what what does it matter? You know, why why do I want to share this? I want to share this with people because it makes me feel very comforted. First of all, if you've lost a loved one, it doesn't have to be a child, but if you've lost a loved one or a parent uh, a, a wife or a spouse or if you've lost someone and you wonder what has happened to them or where they are or can you still communicate with them or how can you how can you make sure that they're okay there is a way to do that and so I, I've, I've found comfort in, in what I've discovered so that's that's the primary reason why I want to share my my conversion if you will and the other the other thing I want to share is that my soul has been unleashed from this this way that I grew up in, this way that I viewed life, and I'm excited about that. And it, it's, uh, it, it's especially for those of you who are scientists or project managers or military people or, or, or people that think of, think of things in a very structured way, I can relate to that, and I want to share with you what that journey looks like. Finally, I would also like to say that this will probably be controversial in some respects to my Catholic friends and family. And also to my many friends, all of whom I, I love and respect, who are very much into the Bible and, and accept Jesus Christ as their, as their personal Savior, I, I accept Jesus Christ as my, as my Savior. And I did that many, many years ago. But what has happened, and I, I think is a good thing, although I've sought uh, advice and, and comfort from 
from priests and ministers and people when I, this thing started happening a couple of years ago. But I, I, I have a different perspective now, a different view of how it all fits together. And it basically comes down to, I believe there is more than one path to get to the truth. And, you know, first of all, understanding what that truth is is important, but how you get there, I think, is a really interesting experience now. It's not, not just the way that I, was, that I grew up with and, and the rules that I was taught and the thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that, you'll go to hell if you do this. That is completely changed for me. So that's kind of where I am. That's kind of where I'm going. And that's what this podcast is going to be about. And I'm excited to have you join me. And I look forward to our next episode. Bye-bye. All right. That's a wrap for another podcast of The Soul Unleashed. Thank you for joining me. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you leave a review for wherever you downloaded this podcast and subscribe? That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be helping other seekers such as yourself, many of them on the same journey, find their way to this podcast and community. Thanks again. Bye-bye.